grown up with mirror, mirror on the wall. You know that, but this isn't really a fairy tale. Life is, I bought my wife a t-shirt on vacation that said, life happens, coffee helps. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I mean, life just happens. Sometimes it takes you by surprise or some things happen out of your control. And, and it's how we reflect on those things, how we see ourselves in that situation. And it really affects how the outcome is. Let me just say this. Jesus was not free because he didn't sin. He didn't sin because he was free. I want you to think about that for just a second. That freedom is found in him. People often that aren't believers or aren't Christians, they'll say, when I get right, I'll go to church and I'll get God. We got it, we got it backwards because this is how it works. We got to get God so we can get right. Because without God, we can't get right. I was so blessed just to sit out here. I, I didn't know PK was going to back up Mal and sing it today. We had some things happen out of our control that, you know, uh, it, you know, so it was just Mal and PK. And so she was singing. She's my favorite singer. And Mal's my second favorite. My third favorite is going to be here Wednesday. Yeah. So I was so, I was so happy. But, you know, well, we need God, folks. We got to have God, we, you know, and sometimes when we've approached even church, we, we have to think if I was somebody coming here for the first time that needed to meet Jesus, what could I do? We got to get God. We have to compel them in the highways and the byways to get here. You know, just, I mean, we can put another, we have a light up sign on the building. Eventually we're going to do other things and, and all of that stuff. We're going to remodel more and we're going to put in new additions and all that as God is growing this church. And that's awesome. But without God, it's, not for, it's all for naught. We have to have the presence of God. So many times we think, you know what, if I can just kick this smoking habit, if I could just get rid of this disease, if I had more money, I wouldn't be in this situation or in this shape. I'd be free. But we need to go after freedom itself. Freedom in Christ. Once we get really a hold of Jesus... And get a hold of real freedom. The other things, they can't, they can't get a hold of us. They don't have any ability to bind us. We can shake ourselves loose. Jesus said this. He said, you know the truth and the truth will make you free. He said, continue in my word and you can be free like him. It is the word of God. It is the truth in the word of God. I got a text while I was on vacation from Pastor Tim. He said, love your church. He said, you got a great thing going there. And he, you guys treated him really well. Was Pastor Tim awesome or what? He, he just says, he's so solid. Such a great guy. But we have to start seeing ourselves in the reflection that God sees instead of what man sees or what we have determined or sometimes what we have heard all our lives. There are some that have grown up hearing, you'll never, you're going to be just like this. You'll be, and that's the image that they create in their person and in their mind. And many times, unfortunately, live up to that image. But if we begin to line ourselves up with God, how does God see us? How does the word declare we should be? Then we can see ourselves in a different light. We can change our viewpoint. We can change our mind, change our response, change our lives, change the way we see ourselves. Did you know that the Holy Spirit has a plan so big for you, but you and me, we have to engage the plan. You can't just be passive and just be like, eh, you know, whatever happens, happens. I mean, you can, 
but I would hate to see the outcome of that. So many of us have lived most of our life or part of our life in survival mode. I know Kim and I did for, for years, just, you know, just trying to get from paycheck to paycheck. Just, you know, oh, dear God, just... But you know, when you're free, people that aren't free, they can't wait for the weekend because then Monday comes again and then they're back to the slave factory, so to speak. Statistics say that over 70% of people don't like what they do. That's all we know. I just know, I just, that's what I know. That's all we see and that's what they believe and they feel trapped like the walls are closing in. The world tells you, I owe, I owe, it's off to work I go. Or how about this one? You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older, deeper in debt. Well, St. Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I owe my soul. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> this concludes our service. Thanks for coming. <laughs> You know, many of us, we want help, but we don't know who to ask. You know, we have the world tell us, who are you going to call? We're going to call Ghostbusters, especially this time of year. I don't think so. They don't have anything that can help you. The world doesn't have what we, because I'm having company over, and I want them to see the house clean. Now, I get it. You want your house clean. But what if, if your house was clean on the inside out, God had already been in there, and company shows up, you don't have to worry about, where did I stash my Bible? God's going to use you because he lives in you. You know, any place God dwells, grows, there's life. And if he lives in you, if you're fighting what God is doing, that's why you're miserable. What happens if you look in the mirror and you don't see any of God's reflection? That could be a problem. You only see yourself. And you don't see yourself as part of the solution. Some of us, we have this mindset because the enemy has bombarded our thinking with tainted thoughts and, and doom and gloom and, and condemnation and all of those kind of things. And so we don't see the reflection. We just see, we see how many, and I, you don't have to raise your hand, but we look at and we just, you know, I screwed up in the past. I made this mistake. God can't use me. I know me and I this and this and this. And we all have these battles. But God, the great thing about the word, the word says that he can free you, come on, from your past, and your future looks bright. But we have to look at what God sees. You cannot go back. There is a way to live above it. Here's our first thought for this morning. Slaves don't set slaves free. Slaves don't set slaves free. Because you go to church doesn't make you free. You can go and do all the right things, say amen when you're supposed to say, give in the offering or whatever. You can even have dripping water from the baptism. But if you don't have Jesus and don't know this, what I'm talking about, you're still not free. Compromise puts you in slavery. People will get in the mind, I need hands laid on me to cast off the spirit of debt. I've had people pray for me, would you just pray for me so that I don't go into any more debt? What do you want me to do with that? I mean, I can pray for a different mindset, 
But here's what you do. Quit signing the papers. I mean, you know what you can afford and what you cannot afford and, and, and live within your means and your budget and all of that. And, you know, I'm just saying, just help yourself. Everyone wants the miracle with no work. Don't we all? Give me the pill that when I wake up in the morning, I'm 50 pounds lighter. Make every Twinkie I eat not have one single calorie and have a fat-burning agent in it. Eat as many wings as you want and never have any consequence. Spicy food, nothing. Does nothing to me. I can eat all the beans with no repercussions. So how do you see yourself? What's your inner reflection look like? Do you match what you say on the outside? Sometimes we are good talkers. We are good people that can say, you know what, here, and we talk a good game. And there's nothing wrong with talking right, because I think that's right. Life is in your mouth. You should talk right. And sometimes you have to catch up with the way you talk. Because you are saying things, even though you don't see them, yet you're saying them. And that's all right. But if you're saying things without the belief system attached to it, and you're just saying it just because you're just saying it. There may be some benefit to that because you still hear it. But you have to start attaching your belief with what you say. Come on, I'm going somewhere. You're, you're, not, you're not finished right now. There's more for you to do right now. There's a better reflection than you see right now. The mirror that you're looking at can be better than what you see right now. What do you expect to see? Look at Numbers 13, 26 through 33. To Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran, they reported to the whole community what they had seen, showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. Now, these are Israelites going into the promised land, bringing back things, okay? This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and indeed, bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread, now listen, and I put it in bold, they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, this is what they're saying, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. So they saw themselves as weak, not as big as the giants, as grasshoppers, how do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? Not how you see me, not how you see your mom, your dad, your uncle, your aunt. How do you see you? Do you have respect for yourself? If the Bible says it, my wife said it earlier, if the Bible says it, it should happen. If you're tired of a slave mentality, then your future is in front of you, not behind you. It's going to take faith and courage 
You're going to have to walk it out God's way. You're going to have to put your hand to it. But you're going to have to see yourself as God sees you. Proverbs 24.10 says, If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. Life gets tough. Coffee might help. Coffee really doesn't pay bills, does it? So how do we do this? So if it gets tough, you have to follow the leader. Who are you tied with? You've got to follow God because he's the leader. And in God, his word is absolute. There's no question. There's no like, well, God, I don't know. No, it is, it is that. And she said it again. She, she didn't see my notes for all of this. But this is what it says. It, it's, there's no fault in the word. If God says, do it, do it. If he says, don't do it, don't do it. If there is a candidate that is saying, you know what, I believe in abortion, I'm not voting for them because then that puts me in that realm. That doesn't mean I like everything about the person I'm voting for. I'm, I'm sure there's people out there that don't like me. That's fine. But I'm going to vote for who stands up closest to the word of God. And that's how you should vote. You can pick your candidate however you want, but that's the standard. You see, when we follow God, you are set for victory. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a setup. If I follow God and do what God says, he never leads me to defeat. He always leads me to victory. God never loses. So I have to stand strong and not waver. Because when life just happens, it gets tough. And you want to waver. And I think in many times we all have, because we're human and I... I understand that, but yet greater is he, come on, that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things with, through Christ who strengthens me. I'm more than a conqueror. I am the head, not the tail. When I begin to grab the word and say, you know what, if God be for me, who can be against me? It means that I can do this if God gave me the instruction to do it. If he guides, he provides. If you want to get through stuff or get through life, it's going to require God. When you get married, you better have God in there because marriage is wonderful. But my wife can tell you, and I can tell you, you know, it's tough sometimes when you're both, we're trying to, oh, how are we going to pay for this? Or what are we going to do? The kids, have you ever had when your kids need diapers and you don't have any money? They need formula and they want all this much for formula? I mean, we've been there, done that. We've prayed when we were like, oh, Lord, what are we going to eat when we get home? You don't tell anybody. As far as everybody else knows, you're going home and you're having steak. Might be West Virginia round steak, bologna. But you're having it. We've went and we're like, oh, man. And we have went through our groceries. We love to go to my mother-in-law, Charlotte's, when we were pastoring away. And she would, she would question the kids. What do you have to eat? What do you want? And she would buy, her and Charles would buy extra groceries for us. We never told them to do that, but they would always send us home with two or three bags of groceries. She doesn't know, well, she probably does, what a blessing that was. My kids would go over to her house, and she would buy them. You know, because grandmas and grandpas, now that we are, I understand how that works. I didn't really understand it there, but she was teaching me. She was trying. But, you know, they'll go and they'd stay with Grandma, and, the, and she knew what they liked, and she had the freezer full of whatever. They, like Mallory loved those chocolate chip cookies with the ice cream, vanilla ice cream. 
So grandma had those. Mallory's coming. She's going to have those cookies. Zach just liked food. But, you know, he loved pizza and mac and cheese, and so she made sure she had that. Sam had different tastes. Sam was always a meat eater. She would have all kinds of stuff. Maddie, you know, whatever it was. What I'm saying, as parents, there's going to be times that, God, I don't know how we're going to do that. We have, we have left church when we were on staff and just thinking, Lord Jesus, I, we've given our last cent in the offering because we felt you told us to do that. And we don't have groceries. And the kids are going, I'm hungry. And we're like, hey, it's, we're go- you know, it's going to be fun. We're gonna- Daddy's going to make something fun. And I'm thinking, I don't know what I'm going to make. Mommy's going to do something fun. So, you know, you're thinking creative. What are we going to do? And we went home. To this day, I still don't know how they got there. There were five bags of groceries on our front porch. And I know Charles and Charlotte didn't drive that far to, to go do it. I mean, they'd have done it if they'd lived closer. But somebody, we don't even know who, but had blessed us. And we went in, and, and the kids, were, I remember the kids going through those bags. Look, real Pop-Tarts. Because we always were buying the Great Value or the Food Club, you know, whatever. But these, you know, they had real stuff, so the kids are like, yes. So they're having, you know, a feast. But it requires God. He's always taking good care of us. It'll be him that sets you free and gives you the breakthrough. But we have to stay focused on what we see. You gotta train yourself with God as your trainer, as your manager. God saying, you got this rock. That was a rocky reference. But just God being there in your corner. Paul says you have to fight the good fight of faith. You know what a good fight is? One you win. So that's, you guys, see yourself as a winner. Second Corinthians 4.18, we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we, listen, Fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? You might not like what you see. So then you've got to picture yourself what you want to see. Set your gaze on that. On the unseen. All the enemy wants to do is get your eyes off the prize. Get your eyes off focus. Get your eyes off the, the direction that God is putting you on. James 1.22, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says, otherwise you're fooling yourselves. In other words, you've got to put your hand to it. Faith without works is dead. It's going to take action. If you want to change the mere reflection, you have to put your hand to do it. Our second thought this morning. You've got to agree with God. Whatever God says, that's it. I agree. Quit trying to find, well, I, I like this. What You know, all the word is inspired by God. All of it. All of it is true. All of it. Believe what the word is saying. When you look in the mirror, then who are you? I'm a king's kid. I'm somebody that God said yes to. And start saying, you know what? Some of you might say, Brett, I didn't, you know, I was fortunate. I had a good father. My wife was fortunate. She had a good father. But maybe you're saying, you don't know my childhood. I'm telling you, when you come into the kingdom of God, you have the best father of all. You have a heavenly father that he endorses and acknowledges and loves you. Do you see yourself as God sees you? Do you see yourself as a champion? Does your reflection back up your belief? 
Not now. Then it needs to. Then you need to start changing your belief and saying, Lord, I want to believe what you say. You might have doubts, but maybe you should pray that prayer like the guy said, Lord, help my unbelief. Psalm 91, it tells how the Lord will take care and protect you if you serve him. So read that on your own. God, how? I need your help. I need you to care for me. Then read Psalm 91. Those are promises in there. But I'm talking to people that maybe you're right now, you're saying, you know what? I'm fed up being tired. I'm fed up being scared. I'm fed up being intimidated, being broke, depressed, hopeless, defensive, defeated. I'm fed up. So then what are you looking at? You have to change the mirror image. What are you focusing on? What does the enemy see in your reflection? I mean, it's important what you see, but you got to understand, he doesn't really go after people that aren't a threat. You know what I'm saying? He's going he's gonna to go to those that are like grabbing a hold of what I'm saying right now and seeing themselves maybe differently. I want him to see me, but I want him to see something more than me because I want him to see God in me. That's what I want him to see. When he sees my reflection, if my boys go anywhere, there are people that don't even, like Zach has been places, and there'll be strangers come up to him and go, you Brett Gleesman's boy? And he'll go, yeah. Why? Because pictures of us growing up, he, he looks like me. He's rugged and handsome, just like me. I'm teasing, but he is a good-looking kid. But they're both, I mean, we went, we went to a vacation, and, and we're going to this coffee shop that the girls love to go to, and, and so Sam's got his family with him, and Sam's got some coat. Man, he's got his collar flipped up, so he's kind of like Elvisy looking, you know? I mean, in my opinion, that's what I, you know, it's just, it looks really cool. His hair looks nice. He's got on some shades, and he's pushing a stroller, and he's got his beautiful daughters with him and his family with him, and I'm like, I told Kim, I said, man. God has blessed us with some great-looking kids. And she said, yeah. So see, I, when we look, I want people to reflect. I mean, yeah, you can say that's my son, but I want people to see me and say, are you God's kid? Have you ever met somebody that you didn't know anything about, but you connected with them because something inside them said they're a believer? And you could tell by their countenance on their face and the peace that you felt and the presence of God around their life. That's what I'm talking about. The weapon God is going to use is primarily you. I mean, for real, it's you. And you might be like, I'm out there. I'm out there. But you're, you and me are going to be the... We're going to be the karate kid that's going to do something that no can defend. Because God puts something inside you. So when the enemy comes at you, you'll be the David going, I don't need that. I got what I need. Let's go do this. You got to learn how to tune out other voices that aren't God's. Have you ever, I don't know, maybe it's just me. You ever look in the mirror and talk to yourself? How many have ever seen Evan Almighty? And see the guy in there and he's looking in the mirror. You're successful. You're being, and he's doing all this as he's getting ready. And I know that's, it's a movie and I, I get that. But I like to say things, and I don't say, I don't look in the mirror and talk to myself every day. I, I have talked to myself. 
in the mirror. I don't know how I'm going to dig out of this hole, but I'm going to try. <laughs> but I want to, and I spit when I talk. <laughs> I want to say the things that, that God says about me. And I want to say the things that I'm believing for. Because I want to have faith for that. I might not see them all yet, but I, want, I know that I see them in the spirit before I see them in the natural. And that's how things happen. According to Mark, we believe we receive when we pray, not when it shows up. So I'm believing now for the promises I'm believing for, so I might say those. So when I'm, like when we were in Michigan, we had a, uh, around the camp, there was a, a place as you could come. And I, call, I told Kim, I called it the track. So I went and I would walk the track. So I already read my Bible in the morning. So I'm just walking like this in the morning. And, you know, it's just crisp and cool. And the trees are turning. It's beautiful. And, you know, and I'm making declarations as I'm walking. Listen to what I'm saying. I am saying things that have not yet happened but will happen. Do you hear me? I'm, I'm saying what I'm believing. I'm matching my belief system up with the word of God. And that is what I'm proclaiming out of my mouth as I'm walking the track. Everybody's got time. Let's make it for God. Romans 4, 18 and 20. 18 through 20 says, Even there was no reason for hope. Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. To me, that's an incredible passage, because in the natural, has anybody ever told you, I have people tell me stuff all the time, different times, well, you know, you're not 20 anymore. Duh. I know that. Um, and, and I get their, their context to that, but this, you know, if God's not telling me to do it, there's wisdom probably not to do it. You know, I don't think that I have any plans to be a bull rider or anything. Probably not wisdom in that. I don't know how many people I go into Christ riding bulls. But if God told me to do something, and somebody said, well, I don't know, I think that's past your year. You know what, if God told me to do it, I better not waver in my faith. I need to stand strong. Abraham is looking at the natural going, in the natural, I don't know how this is going to happen. But because you said, I'm going to believe it. And that's just like Peter in the New Testament. Jesus, we've, we've already fished all night, but if you say let down the nets, okay, I'll let them down. The fact is this. If, that, if somebody gives you a fact and it moves you off the word of God, then you're not in faith. Listen to what I'm just saying. If they give you a fact, it doesn't mean the fact, it could be a, a true fact. Not their opinion, but a fact. But if God said, mm, because, you know, let's just go back and look at facts. Five fish and two loaves doesn't feed 20,000 people. Fact. But it did. A water thrown or a stick thrown in water doesn't make the water sweet, yet it did. A metal axe head doesn't float, yet it did. The facts would say otherwise, but God's word would trump that. The natural doesn't always line up with the supernatural, so we have to line ourselves up with the truth, the word of God. Not the fact. They can give you all kinds of facts about COVID, but I'm just telling you. They don't have all the facts. 
They don't know all the facts. Neither do we. They're finding out things. Now, there's probably stuff that we're doing as we all could sit up here and go, probably didn't need to do that. But right now, if they don't know, they're taking precautions. I get it. But sometimes we know this. A lot of us know how to face the facts. And sometimes facts will scream louder than our faith. What's the word say? If we follow the faith and we follow the word of God, we can't lose. If we fight facts with supernatural faith, facts will bow. My kids were little and we were living, I was on staff and we were living in Fairborn in Dayton. And I don't know about you guys, but Turkey Day's coming. And there's probably not a man in this building doesn't like a great Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. <laughs> and I just love turkey. And so when I was a kid, my mom could tell you, when I was a kid, I loved having the big turkey leg. Because we grew up watching Fred Flintstone. And Fred Flintstone always had that big dinosaur leg or whatever. And I was like, man, that's so cool. We went to Disney World. Sam had to have a turkey leg there just, I think, because it was big and it looked really great. So anyway, Kim had made a turkey. And, you know, at any holiday meal, we always made sure that we were at Charlotte's because whenever we go back up to heaven and there's a cook, she'll probably be doing it. She'll be her and my sister there somewhere in the kitchen doing something. But um, so anyway, we were at home and Kim had made a turkey at home. And there's two big legs on the turkey. And Zach had to have one of those legs, so he was all happy about that, and Sam probably had the other one, and, and so I didn't get a turkey leg, and I said, wish, I wish I had a turkey leg, made that statement out loud, and, you know, and in my mind, if I go back and think, I don't really know, I wasn't being real spiritual, but I could just picture that turkey with another leg on it. I'm just a true story. I'm going to write a book. That's what Justin keeps saying. you got to write a book. Went to bed, came down the next day, get in the refrigerator, and there is another turkey leg on that turkey. Same place they ripped one off. It wasn't like a deformed, you know, it wasn't one of those. <laughs> it wasn't a turkey with three back legs, but there was another one in the same place. And I remember saying to Kim, didn't the boys have a leg? She goes, yeah. I said, did we stick it back on? She said, no, and I got another turkey leg. I remember holding that turkey leg, probably like heaven is probably like, I love this guy. I'm like, God, thank you, because I don't know how it got there. Maybe the turkey angel. I don't know. What I'm trying to tell you is it doesn't make any sense. The facts would say that can't happen, but yet I enjoyed a turkey leg. How it got there, I'll just leave that to God. What you continually look at is the direction your life will go. If you continually beat yourself up, I'll never have that, I'll never do this, I won't da-da-da-da-da, that's the direction you'll, you'll follow. You can acknowledge facts. I'm not saying don't acknowledge facts, but the truth is the word. What does the word say? Regardless of what the facts are screaming, what does the word say? The word always, listen, reflects God. So we're talking about a man in the mirror. God, I want to reflect you. How many know that we all need help in that? We ever wanted to respond 
in a different way that God wouldn't respond. We went through a drive-thru on the way home yesterday, and the, the wait, the, I don't want to say waitress, but the lady at the drive-thru window, she was anything but real nice. She was, I told Kim, I'm pretty sure she said, here. Kim said, she said something different, but still was just like, I asked her for something else, and you'd thought I was asking for something that, you know, I mean, it is a restaurant. That is what they're supposed to do. You kind of was like, and I was very kind to her, and Pete Cave's on the other side going, oh, because, you know, it kind of tests, you ever been tested? I didn't have to be tested because she was, so it was all good. <laughs> but, it, you know, it ended up fine, and she, you know, we, we got what we wanted, it was, all, it was all good, and, you know, we were, we didn't say anything, or we didn't need to, but, you know, it was just one of those, you're like, I'm sorry we're bothering you, isn't this what your job is? You know, but anyway, sometimes the facts are screaming, but the word always reflects God. So we can't get in agreement sometimes with the facts, with the diagnosis, perhaps, of the doctrine. I'm not saying that fact that it's wrong. I, I, you know, they have the arteries on your heart, the one they call the widow maker. That's always a fun term. On my heart, they said was 99% blocked. That's what they said. And they said, you know, basically, if I'd have went to sleep that night, I'd have probably not woke up. I don't like thinking like that. And I know when all that happened, what I'm saying is, when all of that was going on and I'm laying on that table and that was going on, life happens. I don't know why, but I have to trust God. I do know that my wife was speaking the word against the facts. And the doctor or the whoever, the orderly, said, are you seeing this? Because what she was speaking was changing the readout on whatever they were on the EKG. So, I mean, I'm just saying, don't get in agreement unless it's the word. That's what you get in agreement with. I mean, there's wisdom. I'm not saying doctors are always wrong, so please. It's okay. God uses doctors. But what I am saying is get in agreement with what the word says. You can be diagnosed with something, and, and that can change by you using the word and then putting your hand to doing what you need to do. So, you know, if you have to change some of your diet or do whatever because the doctor, he knows what he's talking about. So, I mean, then you do whatever that is. But how many understand what I'm saying? There is a balance in there. Use the word of God. Look at 1 Samuel 17, 32 through 37. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw, and then I club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears. I'll do it to this pagan Philistine, too. For he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented, all right, go ahead. May the Lord be with you. You see, David understood responsibility. I grabbed that scripture just to say David describes God doing it but using him. That's what he's saying. If you need to reread that, he is saying I did this and this is what God did through me. That's what David is reflecting. And most of the problem with most believers, we don't engage. We don't put our hand to it. Here's our third thought and our last one for this morning. Don't overlook the details. Let God train you. So much is lost in details or fragments. My wife is a detail person. 
So she, she sees things, and she wants this, and we need to do this, we need to do that. Some of us were just like, oh, I just, I just want everything to be easy. I'm back to that easy pill. God, I'm praying for millions. Give me millions of dollars. Can I say, why don't you let him posture you for increase right where you're at right now? Why would God give you millions? I'm talking to everybody, myself, those that would be watching online next service. But if he has given you less and you have not honored him in what he's given you now. If you won't give when you don't have, you're not going to give when you do have. Now, that is kind of a fact, but it doesn't have to be. But we've had to walk through that. We had a waitress waited on us. We didn't have, we had just saved up our money just to go out and eat, and we were going to go do some Christmas shopping and stuff and so we were excited just for her and I to get out and if you've all had kids and grown up sometimes just to go out on a date with your spouse is is a miracle in itself and so we were out and this lady was very kind and waiting on us and you know we began to witness to her about God and that kind of happens easy for most of us that are believers you hey do you go to church anywhere and it was she was in the town we were pastoring and and so you know she didn't and and she was just talking about all the bad luck that she had had and, and uh, her children and they didn't have Christmas and da-da-da-da-da. And she goes back to get us some drinks and my wife leans over and she says, let's give her a big tip. And I said, what do you, what do you mean by big? And she's, you know, and we, we were, we were going to pay for our meal and we had some extra money. And she said, I mean like $50. I'm like, $50? You know, now listen, so this, you know, I know you're looking at me now saying, oh my word, but it's true. That's why I was like, 50 bucks? And, and I said, honey, we don't, we don't have that by the time, I mean, if we're going to do anything tonight uh, that we were going to, you know, buy, I mean, 50 bucks. And this is, she said these exact words to me, if we can't give when we don't have, we won't give when we do. And I mean, it just like, doing struck a chord to me and i'm like you know what you're right so we gave her a 50 dollar tip we didn't say we're gonna bless you with 50 you know we just gave it and she was crying and we didn't stick around i don't think we stuck around we just kind of looked back as where she was just like (gasps) and we just walked out the door and god blessed us past that and we were able to get everything in more because now listen because we engaged because we were being trained. Sometimes I think we don't understand. We just, there's all kinds, and the great thing about God is you can retest. If you've like, PB, I've, I've failed. I get it. <laughs> I got a t-shirt for that. But we get a chance to retest. We get a chance to do it again. And, and if we're good stewards of what he gives us now, it's amazing with what he'll do. We want sometimes major blessing, but we have to have the trust and faith to say, God, all of what I have is yours. All of what I have is yours. It's not mine. I'm just the steward over it. You have to have the method and the ability to be able to capture what God is putting there. So you have to stay with it. If you want fish, you got to go fishing. Or at least to the store. Have the guy behind the counter throw it to you so you can say you caught it. If, you know... Um, <laughs> But if you're waiting on somebody, I'm just believing somebody will come by and give me a fish, that is a mailbox mentality. And unfortunately, that's 
what a lot of the world and believers are in. I'm just waiting on God. I just I hope that you know I'll somehow win um, publisher's house clearing or something. If you want deer, you know I want I want deer meat. Unless you know somebody that's got a deer, they're not going to probably come into your living room. You're going to have to go where they are and go out in the woods and engage to capture it. You have to put your hand to it. So it is with the money in the marketplace. Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to buy this house? Do you want me to flip it? Do you want me to invest in this? Do you want me to do something on the side and put that money here? Whatever you want me to do. But see, God put David in a place to posture him. And God's going to do the same thing to you. He's going to put you in places that will posture you. And I, when I'm saying that right away, I want to encourage, where do I see him? If he's not in here, he's probably out somewhere. John Schmidt. I believe that God is going to use John and put him in places to posture him. Um, that, you know, he's, he's starting everything, doing new things. So this wasn't about John, but that's just what came to my spirit. But isn't that, God's going to put you in just like a chess piece is going to move you. And you have to just be, okay, now what do you want me to do? You have to seize those times and say, all right, God, let me do what you're telling me. You see, he, that lion and bear, they were training. Goliath is bringing the paycheck. So God postured David to do what he, what he was good at. And so then he put him in the place to be able to take care of that because God had a plan and a destiny. You were made on purpose for a purpose. God has a plan and a destiny for you. Hebrews 12, 11, and I'm just about finished. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful, but after the, afterward there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained this way. Sometimes God has to train you, and sometimes he has to tell you to be quiet. Sometimes he has to discipline you. You ever discipline your children? It's always not fun, but it brings good reward. I was very proud of my son, my, my granddaughter's uh, Ari was very polite. He would tell her, and, you know, if she needed discipline, he'd discipline her. And then she would say, you know, I saw we. She told me, I was fishing. I just loved that she came up, and she was leaving, and she goes, I like your fishing, Pops. That has nothing to do with the message, but it just, I was like, oh, I love that. The grace of God shows up when you show up because God is in you. You can handle what God gives you. You got this. God can do that. He's going to posture you. He never gives you an assignment based on your ability alone. It's going to require him and you working together. You know what his reward is? More responsibility. You know, as God grows this church, and this church is really starting to grow, and it's going to grow even more and more before our very eyes in the next few months. We're going to see, I believe, some incredible growth. So that's great. But you know what that means for us? More responsibility. That's okay. Because that goes with the badge. That's what goes with your badge as well. Because we are believers and we are trying to get people to find Jesus. Let us show them Jesus. Let's get them saved. We're not afraid of the gifts of the Spirit. We're not ashamed of them. If they work in a service, we'll just explain them to the best of our human ability. But let God do the rest. People don't prosper because they get complacent. Let me ask you this. What are you looking at? What is the mirror telling you? What is your reflection? What's your motive? If your motive is just to be rich, God's not involved in that. I mean, heaven's got streets of gold. He wants you prosperous. He wants you wealthy. Don't get me wrong. But if that is your motive, his motive is to get as many people into the kingdom as he can. That's what he wants. 
He wants to save the lost. Let me just challenge you to be the person in the mirror that God wants you to be. The one that you know you are if you just start walking it out. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please?